Yo, yo, it's Raphael with NBA Draft Junkies, and I'm back with my guy Alex. Clearly, he's uh, representing the Houston Astros. Yeah, tonight. baby. Got a big win tonight. Did they cheat or did they win fair and square? Hey, man, walk off homer, man. Walk off homer. Did they cheat or did they win fair and square? That's, that's... Hey, man, if you ain't cheating, you ain't competing. But nah, they won it fair <laughs> and square. They won it fair and square for all the haters, man. <laughs> I honestly don't know much about baseball, man. I used to follow baseball heavily. And then uh, I was an A's fan, right? And then the Yankees just kept stealing our players. For sure. And then I just kind of got out of it. I was like, man, we have no chance of winning. We can develop guys. And then George Steinbrenner come with the bag. And then, you know. Can't keep up. Once Canseco was the Yankee, I was done. Like, you know, you can't join the evil empire. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into it. So thanks again for coming on. Again, the, the first video had quite a few comments, quite a few people disagreed with your takes, but people did say that, you know, the way you broke it down made sense. Um, the comments are always funny. I think somebody said after, after they saw you had a Vassell at four, they turned it off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's always funny, but I had to bring you back on again. This is part two of, of a three-part series. So, man, let's let's get right into it. So we stopped at Patrick Williams at number 10. Mm -hmm. All right. So the San Antonio Spurs with the 11th pick, who do you think would be the best fit for them? Um, the Spurs, you know, the Spurs, they're, they're a different organization. Everybody, everybody can't fit with the Spurs. Um, and I mean, yeah, they, they, they move and shake a little differently. At 11, I have the Spurs taking Sadiq Bay from Villanova. Um, yeah, I think he's, I think he would fit their system. Um, I mean, I'm a Blazers fan, so I was hoping he would fall to 16 yeah. to Portland. But yeah, I think Bay would, would would fit the San Antonio system. Yeah, he 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 definitely, you know, yeah, he got some things that mm, you kind of don't like. I I think he has a a low release on his jumper, um, but it works for him. You know what I'm saying? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, and he makes shots. Um, he got a good body. I know people might question his athleticism, but in my mind, it's kind of like, how athletic is athletic enough? You know, um, if you're playing the right way, hitting on the box out, um, he does play with a motor. He does play physical. Um, I mean, rebounds, very few are above the rim. You know, most most rebounds are still below the rim. Um, he, he is 6'8". Um, doesn't have, you know what I'm saying, freakish, freakish length, but, you know what I'm saying, it's sufficient, but I think I think uh, with his skill set, dribble shooting pass, um, his obviously the way the league is shot making crucial. Um, but just coming from Villanova, where they play a, a um, NBA brand of real free flowing um, screens, ball movement, body movement, same action that he he'll be operating in if 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 he were to be selected by the Spurs. Um, and obviously, that's a position that I believe the Spurs need to address. Um, they they have guards, but 
kind of been banking on Rudy Gay and and Lonnie Walker been getting some small forward minutes. Um, so I, I think it, it it could be a match made in heaven because them Villanova guys they they just play the game the right way. Yeah. So what do you think his his position is? Like three. I know he's a, a tweener. He's a yeah. three. I think I think he's a three, a, a small forward. Um, kind of view him similar to Harrison Barnes. Um, See, I think Harrison Barnes now is a four. I think if you want to win, he does you need play to, the four a lot. Yeah, you got to play him after four. And I mean, I'm pretty sure Bay he'll he'll, he'll definitely get some minutes at the four. Um, but that but I mean three four. Now it's kind of all meshed and mumble jumbled together. Yeah. But I, I I do view him as as a three, uh, as a as a right now today. See, I think he may start games after three, but in closing lineups, I see him as a four. I totally agree. And what I like about him is he can play point forward. Like a lot of times, Villanova had him bringing the rock up. Mm-hmm. Good decision maker. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, plug and play. I think you can put him on any team, any system. He, yep. he defends. Uh, but 44% shooting from three, if that translates, then you got a, you got a real weapon there. You got the a only, real weapon. The only question is, like, I mean, his first step isn't really there. And then he kind of lacks, like, the, the vertical pop and explosiveness around the rim. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he can make you pay. If teams start switching and he gets a point guard on them, he can take your point guard Absolutely. to the post. Yep. And then if you double, then he can make all the right reads. So I'm I'm hoping – I'm a Blazers fan, like I said. I'm hoping he's available to Portland. We need hoping him. Hoping Yeah, I mean, so definitely, Y'all definitely uh, could use a, a, um, that position the way, like I said, you can shoot the ball, man. You can play anywhere. Defense, we need a another playmaker. We need another outside shooter. He will y'all be a good fit. Y'all, y'all aren't that bad. Just, just. I mean, we couldn't defend, and then they were trying to play Zach Collins at the at the four. I think he's a five. Then I think Melo is a four. But but it, as a Blazers fan, it's. What takes place if Trevor Ariza plays? Yeah, I mean, I think we'd be better. A whole lot exactly. better. Whole exactly. Lot better. For sure. But I also feel like, um, yeah, if you have him and Ariza, then you have two guys that, that can defend, that can knock down open shots. But when teams like Trap Dame, mm-hmm. it's only CJ's the only ball handler. Everybody else, they have to catch and, and shoot. Yeah, and, and so having a guy that all right, if you attack, if you close out hard on him, he can make a play. He can attack a closeout, or or you know, you can give him the ball in the middle of the floor. I mean, I think like Nurkic is the Blazers. He might be the Blazers' second best passer, for sure. And so, uh, but yeah, I mean, with Bay would we, we give Blazers. You know, if you got Bay and, and Nurk and Dame and CJ, you got at least four guys on the floor that are adequate passers at the worst instead yeah. of you know like before i liked blazers when they had harkless and aminu but those guys could make plays for for anybody mm-hmm. same with like houston i always felt like the rockets their threes and their fours once they caught the ball if it was a hard closeout it was you know they were stuck 
Yeah, yeah, that's a tough situation. Yep. All right, let's go to number 12, Sacramento Kings. To me, this is a tough choice for the Kings because, you know, it's going to be redundant no matter where you go. At 12, I have the Kings. If, if I'm the Kings, you know, I, I'm probably taking Precious. Precious Achua um, from Memphis. Um, I, I just think it's a lot there. Um, but but understanding his versatility can switch out, guard smaller, um, not afraid to, to bang bigger. Um, but just knowing Fox, you know what I'm saying? Like Fox is a high energy, high motor guy, relentless. You know what I'm saying? He's a, he's a, what in the basketball world we would call a dog, you know? Um, he needs those guys, some guys that can, that can feed off his energy and match his energy, match his intensity, his level of competitiveness. And uh, every time I watch Precious, you know what I'm saying? Like you see it, like he out there really, really dogging it from, blocking shots, sprinting the floor, handling the ball, whatever it is, it's like, yo, he out here getting to it. And I know skill set, he has a skill set, nothing just super polished, but I mean, nowadays, your motor, motor having a motor is a skill. Playing yeah. hard is a skill. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think just his his um versatility and ability to just switch out on smaller in a, in a guard-dominated game, um, ability to run the floor, athleticism, being able to finish plays in transition, lead the break, uh, get out on the break, you know, finish. Like, just his mobility, man. And, and, and Fox is a speedy guy, so he needs some guys that can, that can keep keep pace. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on pressure, so I have a friend, and we – disagree on Precious all the time. He thinks Precious is – he just doesn't think he's going to have a, a really long career. And I could see, you know, some of his points are valid, but I just like the baseline skills. I think that he can defend multiple positions. At the worst, he should be an active rebounder, rim runner, vertical lob threat. Yes. At the worst. But I think at his best, he could be a, a unique weapon that we haven't really seen in a sense because I think that, especially if he goes to a team with a really good developmental program, he could be your five that gets the rebound, that can push it on misses. Then if he can just be adequate as a three-point shooter, then that opens it up for him to attack on straight line drives um, you know, when I used to watch him in high school, he, he thought he was a wing. So, you know, he was you know, he, he, he's from New York. So, you know, he, he was dancing with the ball. So I didn't really get a chance to see a lot of that in Memphis, which I'm kind of glad because For sure. less is more. Right. But the fact that, you know, that he has that in his game. So if he gets the right trainer to where, you know, he can bring fives out the paint and then attack on straight line drives. And then got a little dance, you know, dance with the rock a little bit. Yeah. I like him. My questions about him is he missed a lot of shots around the rim. He got a lot of shots blocked. Um, it's like he's not as bouncy if he doesn't have a runway. 
Like uh-huh. if he has a runway, he's above the rim. But For like sure. it seemed like on his drives to the rim, jumping off one foot, it seems like he wasn't as athletic. And then his turnovers were, were horrendous. Yeah. Y'all and take the good with the bad. We we dealing yeah. with, you know, um college guys. I, once again, I don't view them as finished products. Um, like you said, development is key. Um hopefully, hopefully. Whichever team does ultimately select them, they they obviously they're gonna invest in them and, and give them every opportunity to be successful. But success for every player looks different. Right. Um, and I I I I would bet on the upside just because of his competitive spirit. Yeah, me too. And I'm interested to see like how he looks because I don't know if you saw, but he's been working with Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so that that's very interesting to me. Yeah, it's not a combination I would have expected. You know, a, a big who's a a four or five working out with a pure shooting point guard. If if he can, if Mahmoud can get Precious's J right, he's gonna get uh, he's gonna get a lot of phone calls next summer because I know he's working yep. with Dennis Smith Jr. Also, so I have a right. friend that's uh, cool with Mahmoud. You know they play ball together in Mississippi, I'm like, yo, I, I need that. I need to be able to, I need that footage. I want to at least let me sit in. Even if I can't film it, I'm just curious to see, like. A fly on the wall. Yeah, because that's that's just a, a combination I wouldn't have expected. And it's different, you know what I'm saying? Like, he went against the grain. He didn't go with, you know, the same trainers that you see everybody else working with. It was somebody a little different. So I, I, I respect that, and I like that. All right, let's go down to 13, another tough choice. You got the New Orleans Pelicans. Everything seems redundant there also. So who do you have the Pelicans taking? The Pelicans are getting a steal. Um, This guy, I believe, could definitely go higher. Um, I I believe he's the best shooter in the draft. Um, I have them taking Aaron Naismith out of Vanderbilt. Um, Shot making. Shot making. I'm gonna say it one more time. Shooter, shot maker. Um, he, he just he can score, but he hangs his hat. You know what I'm saying on 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 operating in space, creating space. Um, but at the same time, he has the athleticism to get to the rim and finish. Um, got it once again. Got that body, man. Got that big frame, that big chest, able to play through a bump. Um, and really, really dish contact on driving but that's the beauty of it because it's like you have to respect this jumper so you gotta close out hard you you have to contest you know but he has the ball skills to put it on the deck um get to the rim finish get and get to his pull-ups you know what i'm saying just kind of create create separation and, and and get his shot off so um in in today's nba I mean, every team that has drafted prior to 13, they probably had discussions on why they were passing on the kid, you know, Um, because, I mean, that's how valuable shooting and shot making has become. So I think the sky's the limit again. Yeah, I mean, he made more than half of his threes. I know it was a small sample size, but – Man, he's got a ratchet. 
So, and he can shoot off movement. Like it's not like he's a guy that's just sitting there, feet set. He's yeah. coming off pin downs, action plays, quick, you know, quick release, quick to set his feet. Um, made shots every kind of way you can you can imagine. He, he, yeah. he made shots. That would be interesting to see him with the Pelicans. I mean, imagine them running some sets where they got JJ and him <laughs> both <laughs> moving. Pick your poison, and that will open things up for for Zion. If they can like develop him into somewhat of a pick and roll guy, to where you know he can you can run ball screens for him. You can't go under. Can't go under, and that's that's just like the the uh, rookie they had over there this past year, um, Alexander, a, another one. Yeah, you know, like they they got pieces, they got weapons for sure. Yeah. See, I, I think that would be somewhat of a good fit. I think if I'm the Pelicans, I may take a guy like Jalen Smith simply because I don't know if you can get the most out of Zion if you plan him with another big that doesn't stretch the floor. Zion going to get a lot of minutes at the five, I believe. I, um, I think so. so. Who closing you, games, that's your, that's your best lineup. Well, see, I, I think that also, but I figure like – can they rebound with him at the five? Like, he wasn't really a, a, a big-time rebounder this year. And then, like, rim protection. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. Because I, I think his best position is at the five. So, I figured, like, you got to offset that by having a another big that can stretch the floor and knock down Boy. open shots. Or just have buckets all around them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just go offensive and have buckets everywhere. We, Shot we makers, creators all over the floor. We know and you say, like at offense. the end of the day, you gotta stop me. You can't stop me. I'm I'm you know, like that's my approach to it. Like, go put it in the basket. Yeah, we, we make, saw. Make, make guys match up. Obi topping number one. I knew you was all about the offense. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was all about the buckets. But yeah, yeah I mean, buckets. Neesmith and uh and, and JJ, that would that would be tough. That, I mean, that would that and, would definitely and, open. and most improved player of the year. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big BI guy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like what weapons. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm curious to see what they do because either way you look at it, it, you can say it's redundant. Whoever they pick is you know, you wonder, can they come in and start? Because, you know, Walker, Alexander, no, Alexander Walker, <laughs> I get that. Yeah, yeah. He didn't play a lot. I thought he should have played more. I thought so um, as well. I even thought Etwan Moore should have played more minutes. Ah, I'm good. Etwan got game. He just, you know. Etwan e- e- does have game. I'll take nothing away from Etwan. You know, uh, he's when he's not, going, he's going. When he's going, like, it's like, okay, yeah, I I see it. I get it. But it's like consistency, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not consistent enough. Yeah, he's, he's going to end up going to, like, a good team, like a really good playoff team contender. And you're going to like, dang, he he's a piece. Yeah. All right, let's move on to, all right, number Uh-oh. 14. Uh-oh. You got the Boston Celtics. Uh-oh. Man. Oh, I did. I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I wasn't yeah. paying attention. It's another, 
Another I'm going to say go first because I already know what's coming. Um, so the Celtics, when I view the Celtics, the Celtics, they're, they're another team that really have multiple guys at every position. You know what I'm saying? Point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, every position. It's like they don't really need anything. Um, they can Except definitely. Big. <laughs> I mean, they, I, I can't even say that they need a big. You know, if they, if you want to go up with a big front line, they have uh, what's his name, Thice, Thice, or however you say it. Um, then it's they only have like six eight. <laughs> Ines Cancer, um, Robert Williams should um, be the man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's three bigs, and and then you know, obviously they're playing Tatum at the four. Then they got. Big, big, uh, what's his name? Williams. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they have a very versatile roster. So, when I when I kind of put mine together for the Celtics, I don't, I can't identify a perfect selection. So, I'm going with best player available in my eyes. Um, and I have the Celtics at 14 taking Jalen Harris out of Nevada. Um, I know a lot of people are going to, woo, torch me in the mentions, but I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm going to ask you to go do your homework and and and, and get some Jalen Harris film. Um, he played the point. Obviously, he's 6'5", 195, um, three years of college, one-year red shirt on the transfer, but he was Mountain West Player of the Year. Um, can score from all three levels, make shots, play out the pick and roll, has the athleticism to get to the rim, get on top of the rim, um, finish at the rim through contact. Um, I mean, like I, like I said in the first podcast we did, you know, I'm going to always take the bucket, you know, and, and I think, I think it's a lot there, especially when we, you kind of, get to looking and comparing them to guys. Um, it's two guys that I, when I think about Jalen, it's like, mm, where does he compare to a Drew Holiday? Where does he compare to a Jamal Murray? Two other guys that are scoring guards that played the point, um, got to the league, played the point, playoff ball some, but it's a, it's a lot there. Where did he go? To, where did he start off at first? He started off at La Tech. That's what I thought. But you know what? It's, it's funny because, you know, he's a Dallas kid or, you know. He is a Dallas kid. And he, when you, at in that era, his name was never mentioned as like a potential NBA prospect. You know, I won't mention other guys' names in that class, but, you know, there were guys that were a lot more heralded, guys that had a lot more accolades. And he could end up being the best in the city in that in that class, in that in that era, you know, give or take a couple of years difference. And I'm just gonna I know a lot of people listening to this, they don't might not have an idea of who Jalen Harris is or what he brings to the table. Um I'm a, I'm gonna just highly recommend you get on YouTube and just just go watch a video or two. Um I think I think everybody would be impressed. Um, just just because, like I said, he 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 has the athleticism, he has the body, the frame to play through contact. He got the ball skills to play out the pick and roll and facilitate. Even though 
he is a a get buckets guy, you know. Yeah. So so just check him out before you knock it. Right, because I know at one point, maybe it was briefly that he worked out here in Dallas. So I wanted to watch him up close, but I missed it. If I'm not mistaken, he's he's working out in, in Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But I would love to, uh, you know, be able to watch him work out. Because I just love seeing, like, what the guys are working out on, what skill sets, like, what their trainer has them doing. And then especially now with there being such a big break. Plus, you know, I just want to watch pre-draft workouts anyway. So Absolutely. hopefully I can uh, get a chance to, to catch him if he comes back to Dallas. But that yeah. is the biggest shocker. Like, I mean, I've seen him late first round on some boards. I mean, I have seen he does have a little buzz. But Lotto, that's that's a lot different than I expected. And I think when I when you sent me a list, I breezed through it and I didn't like, I don't know, maybe I thought it was maybe I thought it was Jalen Smith. And I yeah. just kinda had to think nothing of it. Then I had to do a double take like but but my question to you is obviously you know you you worked in grassroots around Texas so when you saw him when he was you know coming up in the AU circuit did you see him being where he is today? I I knew he would have a shot. Um, anytime you're six four six five and you can and you you're playing with the ball in your hands, um, the ball is now truly truly in your hands you know what i'm saying the sky's the limit um he went to la tech originally where he played the point some um transferred for various reasons but when he got to nevada obviously he had to sit out a year on the transfer but he got came better. back and he played the point like yeah. full time so when you when you even if ultimately in the league he's playing off ball that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know he can play out the pick and roll with the ball in his hands, you know? And point guard, scoring guard, very, very similar in, t- in today's game. So, so did I know he would be a pro? I don't think you can truly, truly know, but did I believe he would have a shot? Oh, wholeheartedly. And, he- and he's definitely maximized his potential. Did he play for Pro Skills? He did play for Pro Skills. I remember the team I was working with, we played them in Vegas. <laughs> we, we played them in Vegas. And uh, it was weird that, you know, you had two DFW teams, but I was working on the Under Armour circuit. And, you know, they were Nike. So we didn't see them in any of the, the local tournament. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, even then, like, I thought he was good. But he – possibly out of all the guys that were on that team. And I guess I'm not going to mention the name. People can probably look it up. Sure. There were a couple of McDonald's All-Americans. Yeah. And uh, even I think he had did, did, uh, he had a teammate that was McDonald's All-American too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He might have the best pro career out of all of those guys. Oh, for sure. And and that's, that's the beauty of basketball, man. All you got to do is continue, continue working on your craft. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, on the back end, see where the dominoes fall. Yeah, and I think in some cases, not all, but in some cases, the guys that like him, I mean, I can't say he was under the radar because he was obviously a, you know, he had offers. 
It wasn't he, like he, he had, was, he had offers, but he was not. He he did not generate the buzz. Yeah, he didn't have that he, buzz. He, he did not have that buzz, and I mean, yeah, he 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 didn't. It it wasn't wasn't nobody wasn't nobody really mentioning his name like that. Even when he got the La Tech, you know, it was still kind of who is this kid? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It was just an unknown. But yeah, he was he was not the best player on pro skills. At least he wasn't yeah. the most highly touted player on pro skills. For sure. for sure. All right, let's move on down to all right. We're out the lotto. We got Orlando Magic at 15. And who do you who do you think would be a good fit for Orlando? Um, for Orlando, I, I have him taking a a European, Killian Hayes. I know a lot of people are really really high on him. Um. I like him. I don't love him, but I do like him. Um, it's kind of like. So ah. what, 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 what don't you see? Because I, I have him as a lottery pick. I'm, I'm high on killing him. What, what don't I see? Yep. I don't know how confident he is in his abilities. Like, I don't know how much he believes in his ability to put it in the basket or, like, I know he can pass the ball and facilitate the rock, like, but I don't know if he, how confident he is in his ability to beat his man, um, finishing. Um, and, you know, the thing about finishing is that out of all the guys that are projected as first-round picks, as point guards, combo guards, he was the best finisher at the rim. Well, he was number two. The best finisher at the rim was Halliburton, but you know Halliburton's finishes at the rim only came in transition. Transition. <laughs> and so, and that's that's one of the things I like about Killian is even though he's left-hand dominant, like he doesn't go right at all. And he's he doesn't not go like right a, at all. Yeah, he's all he's all lefty. Um, but you know, Spreewell, he didn't go left at all. Actually, you know, Monte Ellis didn't go left either. I remember Manu, one time. Manu didn't go right. Yeah, well, you know, I'm left-handed. Not saying that I was, you know, on that level, but all lefties can get back left. All lefties can get be back able left. To. And if you force them right, <laughs> all lefties got something <laughs> that can get back left. But, yeah. yeah, he was a good finisher at the rim. And he's not like a high flyer. He, he wasn't like this above-the-rim finisher. I thought he was kind of good at using his body or he was good at just um, – you know, like the little things to throw the timing off of, of the big and the Except shot blocker. Yeah, so I I mean, I like him. I think that, again, he's had plenty of time. So he should be able to – his right should have improved because there's certain passes that he can't make because he can't do it with his right. And, and the first thing you asked me was, what don't I like? And the first thing I said was confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like just watching him, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I – I can't say that I've seen him play, you know what I'm saying, 10 times, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen maybe a game or two, Um, then everything else is just kind of synergy-based. It's kind of, mm, like, ah, uh, yeah, but it's 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 question marks. Um, So, but I think at, at this point, you know, with the size, his ability to make guys better, um, Orlando, Obviously, they have Markel Fultz, another big guard, big point guard. So, like, it'll be it'll definitely be interesting um, 
to see exactly where he lands and kind of just see how his game translates. It's a different it's a different level of athleticism. So yeah. I'm anxious to see how, how his game translates for sure. You know, like Orlando's kind of like home for him in a sense. Like that's where he lives at. He's, yeah. he's born really? in America. Yeah, he's, his dad is American. He was born, I think he's lived in Florida during the off season. If he wasn't, but you know, like he has a French passport. So, you know, with him, he's probably playing on their national teams every summer. But he's yeah. been in Orlando since, since um, you know, the season ended. So that's where he's okay. at. Yep. So that, uh, that would be probably right up his alley. He wouldn't have to go too far. I did not know that, but that definitely makes it a little more interesting. Yep. But, you know, I, I like him a lot. I mean, to me, he's my number one point guard. Why? Why? I see some shot creating ability. I mean, he's got a nice step back. Um, the three-point shooting wasn't there, but I saw the improvement. Um, big guard plays D. I think you can play him at the one. Um, I think even if you uh, in the closing lineup, you can play him with another point guard. Um, I just like the growth that he made from last season, or the, I don't know, you know, the years are all mixed up. <laughs> but from the 1920 season, I like the jump that he made that from the year before. I thought it was good for him to switch from um, France to Germany. Kind of reminds me of D'Angelo Russell. And, and, and that's who everyone, everyone's going to th throw that comparison because he's 6'5 and, 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 and plays with the ball in his hands and he's a lefty, but. He doesn't like, shoot as well as Russell, though. D'Angelo coming at you to get buckets. You know, yeah. like he's like, he can pass, but D'Angelo, he coming at you to put a bucket on your head. Yeah. And I mean, I think Killian has like 13 a game, but you know, 13 a game in Europe is like 20 a game in college because the game is a lot slower. Um, you know, you don't really get to see guys play like heavy minutes. And then, you know, he was playing against grown men. Absolutely. He was. Now, the one thing that I will say that could be concerning was um, so France has some pretty good athletes, a few guys that are projected to be in the draft second round. And they played the U.S. team. I can't remember who was all on that team. But it was like, who was on that team? Whatever it was, it was like R.J. Hampton, that era of guys. Okay. Um, they smacked France. Just, and France has athletes, like, I think obviously the U.S. has the most talent, you know, top to bottom in the, you know, in the juniors. And then I think like this between Canada and France, they're really good because they have the, the athletes. But man, the U.S. team, I can't think of who was all on that team. They overwhelmed. It was, you know, it was Killian. It was another guy named Malcolm Kazalan who was probably projected second round pick this year, but he's going to come out next year. They had a few guys that, that will play in the NBA. Yeah. But the U.S. team just overwhelmed them with athleticism. And so I wouldn't say he looked really good in that game against, yeah. but, you know, the, the U.S. Had, had some dogs. Only person I've ever seen, I mentioned it before, only person I've ever seen that, like, dominated Team USA was R.J. Barrett. Mm. And that was like 2017. I totally respect that. 
All right. So now we're at 16. All right. You know, I'm a Blazers fan, so you got to <laughs> you, you, you gotta do us right on this one. Who you got the Blazers taking? At 16, I have the Blazers taking um, Jalen Smith out of Maryland. Um, I think just uh, I like Jalen Smith. His mobility mm -hmm. uh, can make shots, rim protector. Um, I do view him as a four. Um, obviously, in, in today's NBA, I know for sure, you know what I'm saying, he'll see minutes at the five as well. Um, but as a big man that can play in space, um, put it on the deck a little bit, enough to run a dribble handoff or rip through and get to the rim off the bounce, um, I, I like the value he brings when, when combining his offensive skill set in combination with his uh, rim protection and defensive abilities. So with, with Portland, if they already have Nurt and Collins, where do you see him getting minutes at? That's that's two bigs. Three, well, Nurt, Collins, and Smith. Whiteside is a free agent. I didn't even count Whiteside. So I got oh. Nurkic, Zach Collins, who was a lottery pick like two years ago, and Jalen mm -hmm. Smith. So he he can play, he can play beside both of those guys. He can play beside Nurk at the four. Um Zach Collins can get play the five, Jalen get minutes at the five. Both of them are very, very interchangeable, four, five. Um, but I, I think, you know, Portland, they they need some interior, interior, um, an interior defense presence. Um, Nurk is good, but, you know, Zach Collins, I think I think the depth, the, the additional depth, it, it never hurts. Wow. Um, they have plenty of guards. Yeah. Um, and and their wing position is it's it's pretty solid as well. I'm still hung jury to see exactly what kind of player uh, last year's rookie out of North Carolina, exactly what he becomes. But I think I think at this selection, Jalen Smith would be a really really good get. Yeah, I mean, you give the Blazers another floor spacer, and I think Portland's at their best when you know they had. Uh, they got floor spacing at the four. Well, you can run a, a you know ball screen with Nurt because I think he can make the short roll passes. But if you got another guy that can knock down shots, Dame and CJ are, are well. CJ don't really go to the rack. He just can dance you, snatch, dribble, dribble, snatch, pull up. But Dame gets to the rack and he gets to the free throw line. So Dame with spaces is dangerous. Ooh. All right, moving down. 17 Minnesota Timberwolves. So you gave him, you had him taking Obi Toppin first. Now you, now you're on the clock again. Man, another another steal at this uh, point in the draft. Um, at 17, I think um, you can't take a big obviously, and there's not many worth taking anyway. Mm -hmm. But if if I'm Minnesota, I'm probably taking Kira Lewis out of Alabama. Um. I love, once again, ability to score, ability to apply pressure at the front of the rim, um, ability to make plays for other people, um, athletic. Um, he's really, uh, I mean, once again, anxious to see the uh, combine measurements, but from the previous uh, measurements that he, to me, he measured out as a two. But obviously, when you can play a position down, that's that's always a good thing. Um but I love his ability. Um, it's just his 
Speed and ability to apply pressure, man. Like them two things for me, for me, it's like it's a different, it's a different level of value. Um, I don't have a perfect comparison for him. The guy that I have slotted beside his name is Devin Harris. Ah, I like that. I like that. Because I've been saying like poor man's De'Aaron. Not as far the- as as far as just speed. Just yeah. get to the bucket off speed. Not saying that he's he's De'Aaron, but you know, Devin Harris is not a bad comparison. Devin Harris was an all-star. Woo, Devin Harris was really, really good. Yeah, he, he was an all-star in, in New Jersey. Or was it yeah, a it was lot New of Jersey. similarities? A lot yeah. of similarities. Yeah, because Devin's about six three. Um Devin was bouncier though. A young Devin had bounce. Uh, uh, Kira, he's he's bouncy. I haven't seen him bang on anybody. I'm, I'm gonna have to check his film again. But I, I saw Devin was, I, you know, what I'm saying when you light, man, yeah, like, like you, you, gotta be, you gotta be careful. I mean, not, I mean, I ain't saying be careful, but you gotta you gotta approach it differently, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But small frame dude, so he, he has some improvements to make on his body. Um, but talent, ability, um, confidence. Um, ability, and that's both ends of the floor. I think I definitely think he's dynamic enough to make an impact on both ends. Yeah, that would be interesting fit in Minnesota because if you play him and D'Angelo, I mean, I don't know if they'll start together, but Long I definitely term. think they would finish together. And, 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 and like, you have to be careful who you put beside D'Angelo. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I keep not necessarily, I keep throwing shade defensively, but at the same time, like, you got to be sufficient in, 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 in on that end of the floor. D'Angelo can't stay in front of no point guard. He don't have the lateral foot speed to, to contain. Like, so he's going to have to check a two. So you have to have somebody that, that can contain and stay in front of these electric guards. And I, I do believe Kira Lewis has the lateral foot speed combined with the toughness and the hunger to, you know what I'm saying, really sit down and get that stop. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be interesting because you got two playmakers that can play off of each other. I think D'Angelo can play off the ball if you need him to because he can shoot. And then, um, you know, Lewis has the speed to break down the defense to get Russell open looks. And then if Lewis improves as a shooter, which I, I'm totally confident he will, then he can knock down shots and play off D'Angelo. So that that would be an interesting, interesting backcourt. But if Minnesota were to land topping and then backdoor and get Kira Lewis, hey, Correa with the walk-off homer. Still you know what I'm saying? Get out the park. Because that's that's two big time players. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In the them, 2020 draft. And it's going to get them 10th seed max. <laughs> Ah, uh, I mean, count them out: Golden State, Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Houston, Mavs. Oh no, 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 no! Not Houston is not a guarantee, but you you can mention Denver, Denver, Mavs. Then you Mavs got, then you got, you got to figure the Spurs, the Blazers, Pelicans, Blazers, Pelicans, Suns. Suns. So like, the West is tough. The West yeah. is tough. But one thing about it, 
they definitely um they put themselves in better position to to contend for a playoff spot. Yeah, um, they, they they've got they they proof. Kings yeah. should be more competitive. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, before the break, they were playing, like, their best basketball win when Fox got healthy. And then, you know, they didn't they, – they weren't able to maintain it after, you know, after the, the break. But I think, uh, you know, Sacramento should be in that mix. And, I mean, there's only one team, in my opinion, in the West that's just not going to be able to compete next year, and that's the Thunder if they, you know, get rid of Chris Paul. But everybody else feels like – they can fight for a playoff spot. For sure. All right. So let's move on down to where we at now? 18. 18. That's the Dallas Mavericks. Who do you have the Mavs taking? At 18, I have the Dallas Mavericks taking a hometown kid. Um, too much, too much talent there. Once again, I love a bucket. Um, I have the Mavs taking RJ Hampton. Um Obviously, he played in, in um, Australia this past season. Saw a game. Saw, I did see some clips on Synergy. Um, not enough. Not enough uh, to really knock him. But at the same time, not enough to really put him in front of other guys, per se. Um, but me knowing who Hampton is, he's a bucket. You know, like I need yeah. Once again, can dribble shooting pass six five? Yeah, he's light framed. Um, he's like one ninety five now. He's one ninety five. That's that's what I heard this morning. He's one ninety five. Oh, if he's one ninety five, that's a game changer. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. This morning. Oh, I haven't my. seen him in a couple of weeks, but there's a a gym in in, in town that I put it like this. It's a who's who of guys working out there. Uh, yeah. Actually, you know what? I, I'll give a shout out. This is my guy, Melvin, Melvin Sanders. He's got a okay. jump called Sanders Fit. I mean, like, I would go in there and I would see Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Julius Randle, uh, you know, a bunch of NFL guys. Jemias Ramsey's working out there. And, yeah. And uh, RJ's been going there. And he's, he's. One thing about RJ, man. What I love most is he believes in himself. Like, he's not coming out onto the floor um, with with any fear. You know, like, he's going to attack it. Like, he's going to be who he is. Like, I think as a NBA team, you have to know who he is. Yeah. Um, who is he? He is a scorer. He Like, he's coming with relentless aggression to put that ball in the basket. Um, and he does it really, really well. Um, I, I kind of view him, I kind of view him comparison wise. At first it was kind of like, man, he remind me of kind of like a Jamal Crawford, but um, the name that I have slotted next to him is another Texas kid, Jordan Clarkson. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So, in in your opinion, did going to New Zealand hurt RJ's draft stock? I'm not gonna say it it hurt, um, but I don't know if it helped. But I, I don't I don't think like if you're 
a top 20 selection, it definitely didn't hurt. You know, like that's like, that's, you can't ask for anything more. Um, I, I just think it would have been nice to see him kind of play against, you know, at the collegiate level, but I'm not mad. I'm never mad at, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's avenue route is different. Um, he went over there, best opportunity for him. And no doubt about it, I know he got something out of it. So so I'm looking forward to seeing him um, playing in the league tempo, league game, where it is about getting buckets. Um, now it's just about exactly where, what team, what fit, and where. But I think if if he's on the board, because he's another one that could definitely be, be drafted higher just mm-hmm. off of his ability to make shots, ability to create his own, um, ability to finish at the rim, um, ability to play above the rim, ability to play out of pick and roll. Um, and with that, with that league spacing, everything is, 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 is different. You know what I'm saying? So I look forward to seeing them playing in a, in a, in a real league environment. And I, I can't count that game when they came back over here and, um, they, they came over here and played twice, yeah, against the Thunder and the Grizzlies. Yeah, 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 and and, and obviously that was a a lopsided matchup. But but now I, I absolutely love RJ and 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 the talent he brings. It's a steal at eighteen. The Mavs hometown kid. I don't think you can ask for anything better. Yeah, I think that would be. I think on one hand he'd probably be disappointed to fall to eighteen. Absolutely. I think it would drive him and motivate him even more because he, he works out like, you know, he's, he's a dog. Like he's always a, has been. And, but he, you know, he applies that to working out too. He's not like, you know, he's not comfortable. Like I've seen kids that, you know, they, they had all the accolades and all the, the highlights and, you know, YouTube and all that. And then they just kind of thought like they had already made it. They felt like they were stars as a teenager and he's, I, mean, I can't say that I know him well and, you know, I've, I've, you know, like been around him since he was 12, 13 years old, but I've been to a few of his workouts and he's not comfortable. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he's not cool in his workouts. He's, he's putting in the work. He's, he's working like he has something to prove. And I, and I, I've had this conversation with his father. I felt like on one hand going to Australia or New Zealand, hurt his draft stock because he was considered top five, top seven, definitely considered a top 10 pick, you know, around his time last year. And so it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Melo got all the attention and then, but I feel like it made him a better player because he had to go and he had to fit in a role. Mm-hmm. He wasn't given the keys. And as long as I've been, you know, watching him, He's always been the best player on the court. Always. So he never had to like fill a role. He never had to fill a role in a sense. I mean, maybe with like Team USA, but those Mm -hmm. teams were so dominant that, Mm -hmm. you know, they were blowing everybody out. So I felt like, and I actually went out to New Zealand to to watch him and and Melo's first game. And their situations were totally different because Melo had the keys he could have did whatever he wanted to. Mm-hmm. RJ had to play around. He had to play with some guys that needed the ball, 
They had him playing off the ball. He had to earn minutes by playing defense. Mm-hmm. He had to just totally adjust to everything. And so I think that is closer to his role that he'll play in the NBA. Like if he goes to the Mavericks, for example, he's, he's not going to get the ball and they're going to be like, hey, you're running pick and rolls every play. He's going to have to play sure. off Luka. He's going to have to knock down open shots. But Dallas would be a nice fit for him because with that floor spacing, with that first step <laughs> and that athleticism, he should have some, some you know, he's, that, that driving lane should be open. And then yeah. he can, he's good at making those, those skip passes, those live dribble passes to the corner, which, you know, will lead to those. Hill said it's Yeah. Hill said and And, I mean, I saw him since his freshman year in high school. And every time I saw him, you know what I'm saying, you saw improvement. You saw mm-hmm. progression. Um, mainly for in, in my eyes, his jumper was, every time I saw him, it was like, dang, like, added range, added, added art. It's like, okay, like, like literally every time I saw the kid, it was like, yo, he's gotten better. Right. It's like, oh, this and is. I, I feel like in high school, he didn't really have to shoot jumpers. Like he could go a whole game without shooting a jumper and score 20. Mm-hmm. And I think because he was so good and so fast and so dominant on that level, his jump shot was behind in a sense because like how many guys that are that athletic, that fast can shoot? Because yeah. you, you get to the rack at will. And so he struggled with his shooting in New Zealand, but he's came back and put in the work. And he's yeah. working with Mike he's working with Mike Miller. Yeah. So he spends a week in Dallas, works out with, with, with Tyler Ralph. Then he goes to Memphis and he works out with Mike Miller. I think he does some work with Penny Hardaway. And I mean, he's he's definitely been putting in the work. And like I said, Dallas will be interesting because I think there would be a disappointment to fall to 18. Yeah. Then there would be the thrill of obviously being drafted, playing in your hometown. But that floor spacing, and then Dallas really is not an athletic team. Mm-hmm. They are probably one of the least athletic teams in the NBA. For sure. They don't have like uh, you know, a guard that can just get to the rack. And I mean Trey, Trey Burke, but I don't know if he's in their long term plans. You gotta look at, you know, Brunson's not super athletic. Yeah. Hardaway Jr., he, he's a shooter. Um, you know, they just don't have that athlete. They don't have that guard that you can throw a lob to. Or, yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be a pretty interesting fit. I'm looking forward to seeing exactly where he lands just because I, I do know him personally. And, man, I've always been a fan of his abilities. All right. So who do you have at number 19? At 19, I'm not as high on this guy as a lot of other people. I see on a lot of projections he's listed top 10, top 7. At 19, I have the Brooklyn Nets selecting Tyrese Halliburton. Um, Let's talk about it. (laughs) ah, Okay. Like, Like we said earlier. His rim finishes are is transition based. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. granted, he made shots this year. He made shots, and and 
I can't knock. Like when shots are being made, like that is what it is. And he shot um, 82% from the free throw line. So obviously, you know what I'm saying? He's not a bad shooter. He probably um, was like eight of 10 for the season. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, once again, like I, I just don't see his ability to break his man down, consistently live in the paint. Obviously, he made some really good passes um, and f- did a good job facilitating the ball in college. Yeah, some of that is going to uh, carry over, but he's not, he's not a physical guy, um, doesn't have blazing speed. He has, he has pretty good athleticism, but I just, I just, I just don't, it's hard for me to, when I, when I look at it, I don't see lottery. I see complimentary piece, solid player, um, but nothing game changing or, or organization changing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I, I think, and it could be just a product of having too much time to evaluate this class because you know had like nine months to overanalyze but I think for me the more time goes on he'll slip on my on my list because I everything that you said I agree with I see him being a very safe pick and this is not a a really talented draft yeah you know as far as like heavy with superstars so I think that there are players that have a higher upside. And my question with him is, all right, you know, I want my point guard to be able to run the pick and roll. So if he can't really run the pick and roll, then, you know, like, so do you, do you have to pair him with another ball dominant guard that can, I think that he's a, he's best suited off ball as a, as a, as a secondary ball handler. Right. And so, like, there are teams that I've mentioned before that I think he would be a good fit. I think, like, Golden State, if they were to trade down and get a piece, I think he would be a good fit in their system. I think he would be a good fit. Um, even, like, a team like Houston, I know they don't have a draft pick, but he could be, like, your backup point guard, and then he could play with Harden. He can space the floor for Harden. He would give them another, you know, another passer. Like even like Dallas in a sense, you know he has he gives them a big backcourt. He can knock What's down open shots. Dallas has um, uh, came from Toronto. Oh, Delon, Delon Wright. Delon Wright. He, yeah. Kind kind of kind of similar. Like Delon like, wasn't playing. He was honestly just gonna be you know even keel, real <laughs> solid, real safe. Um, give you a, a um. Secondary ball handler, facilitator, um, and 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 those guys do have value, but I don't think that value warrants lottery. lottery. Yeah. So even with like Delon, he was in Carlisle's doghouse. He got a lot of DMPs. Like I don't think he was in the rotation in the second half of the year. So with Halliburton, like I said, I think he's safe. I think he'll be able to knock down open shots but somebody's going to have to create those open shots for him. I don't see him as an engine. I don't see him as, you know, the guy that's going to run your team. And then I I just don't really see 
especially unless he totally changes his form, I don't see any chance for him to have like a pull-up jumper. Yeah. I don't see him being the guy at the end of the shot clock that you can say, all right, we're going to run one for a flat and he's going to get us a bucket. Absolutely not. So he's safe. And I think for him, the further he slides in the draft, the better situation yeah. he goes to. Yep. So yeah, I can totally agree with you on that pick. I mean, at one point I had him as a, a lottery pick um, because like I said, you know, you watch the film and you see like he shot 40%, over 40% from three, two years. And all his shots are threes. But then he went to the free throw line in two seasons less than 75 times. In two seasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's not getting not getting to the rack. Yeah, that's alarming. So, yeah. As, as for, the, for the Ray, um, the minutes and the, as much as he had the ball um, to, to see the free throw line that few times, yeah, that's alarming. Yeah, that's, that's that's obviously I don't like that's not that's not coaching that's not offense that's just personal yeah yeah I mean, he, he went to the free throw line two times a game this year so you got to figure like okay all right he shot a total of forty five free throws and. I don't know how many games he played, but 45 free throws total. I know he didn't finish the season. So you got to wonder, like, how many of those free throws were at the end of the game when, like, they're fouling in the backcourt and, you know, he got the ball? ball. (laughs) Yeah. So how many of those free throws were him actually attacking? And I would say probably very, very little. So I think that, yeah, it's probably beneficial for him to slide because he'll go into a situation where he's on a better team and the expectations will be lower. Because if you're expecting him to be your engine, I don't think that's his game. Is there a comparison for him? Lonzo Ball. (laughs) I think Lonzo, a guy who's, you know, he's gonna shoot open shots. I think he's a better shooter than Lonzo. Lonzo's not running pick and rolls. If Lonzo does run a ball screen, he's passing it out to, you know, he's just passing it out. He's not hitting really the roll man. He's not a threat to get downhill with a ball screen. Lonzo doesn't want to go to the free throw line because he's like a 50% free throw shooter. And so that hurts your team in a sense. What's your thoughts on that one? Who? Garrett Temple. Yeah. I mean, Garrett Temple is a great locker room guy. He's a solid pro. He's going to play quite a few years. He played the point in college. He did, but like... He played the point some in the league. Yeah, and Garrett Temple is a solid, like, good locker room guy who if he gets DMP CDs for a week, he's he's cool, which, you know, you need guys like that. But I'm not taking, you know, Garrett Temple in the lottery. Absolutely not. Yeah, but I think Garrett Temple is going to be a guy who's definitely going to have, like, a long career in the NBA as a coach or general manager or something like that. He's been in the league, too, nine, ten, ten plus years. Yeah, but he's a guy who I feel like he's he's maximized his talent. 
super slim kind of he he was probably more of a defender and 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 um but he's he's done a really good job surviving around the league yeah and i think that i mean uh he's a guy that i would tell you know i would tell teenagers like you guys need to pay attention to Garrett Temple. They're, they're going to be like, what? You know, you know, but he's a guy that has maximized every ounce of his talent. There are guys yeah. that in his draft class who are way more talented, way mm-hmm. more skilled than him, way more whatever, but they've been out for a while. He's, he's like Willie Green in a sense. Like Willie stuck around a long time because he was, you know, a good locker room guy, well-respected and so on. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you go back in his draft class and you're going to see that he outlasted a lot of guys that were drafted higher than him and had better stats. And, you know, longevity is key. I think I'd rather, you know, play like 14 years and keep getting those three, four, five million dollar checks than to have that one big deal and then you out as soon as you can't put up 15 a game because you're a knucklehead. Team was like, nah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I will, you know, if Tyler Halliburton or Tyrese Halliburton has a, a long career, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I don't know. I think you can find a Garrett Temple type player in the second round. I agree. I, so, I know you can, matter of fact. Yeah. So <laughs> as far as him being a lottery pick, he's, he's, he's definitely going to slide out of my lottery. Um, but I, I think that he would be good for – but I would want him on my favorite team, just not the engine. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not an engine. He's a, he's a, he's a, a complimentary piece at best. Yep. All right, so who do you have at – are we at – so we're at, we're at 20. 20. All right, it's the last one. Who do you have at number 20? I have another European, man. Uh, I think, you know, them, them heat. That culture, everything, and obviously I don't know the, know this young man personally, but in um, everything that I see, you know what I'm saying he definitely seemed like he can, he can hit the the tough the toughness the tough love, just that heat culture. But I haven't taken uh, Tail Maladon, and um, point guard obviously that's a that's a position of need, not knowing what's going to take place with Drogic being a free agent. Um, not sure if you want to play Tyler Harrow full time at that position. Um, it, it definitely gives you a little a little security. Um, guy that can. Uh, I, I believe he's a pass first guard. Yeah, pass first guard. A, that, a game manager. Yeah, that 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 really does a good job facilitating the rock. Um, but at the same time, like when he when he has scoring on his mind. He looked like he can get to it and, and and get a bucket in a variety of ways, whether it's the the TP floater, uh, uh, just crappy pushes <laughs> around the rim, um, shot making needs some work, but at the same time, it's not mechanically flawed per se. Maybe a little a slight hitch to it, um, but I think I think at this point, that'll be a great value get. You know what I'm saying for for Miami. Yeah, I, I like him. Um, to me, he's a, another guy that's going to be a game manager. I think that he has the potential to be a multi-positional defender. I think his pick and roll game is advanced for his age. When I mean, he's been playing with pros, he's been playing pro. He's won on the 
you know, he's won in France. I think he won like the, the French Cup. And then this year he played, well, last year, <laughs> it's weird. Last year he played in the Euro League, which is tough to play in the Euro League as a teenager, mm -hmm. uh, especially, um, you know, having a, a heavy role. But I think his stock fell a little bit because he was injured. He wasn't healthy the whole year. I think he's, he has the potential to be a, a pretty good shooter. What I see out of him is I see a guy that is probably going to be a starter, high rotation guy, sixth, seventh man, takes care of the ball, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, knocks down open shots, um, kind of a boring game. Maybe. But that, a, that league tempo, man, that league tempo, like it, 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 it does change. It does change people's game slightly. Just, just. Yeah. So, so when, once he does, kind of learn the game, learn the tempo. I, I don't know, but I do believe he he has a, a good ability to not only get to the rim but finish at the rim. Um, obviously, we we we've said that he's a game manager, which fits perfectly into what the way the Heat play. You know what I'm saying? It's very um, even opportunity, um, yeah. but but that that ball moves. It's, it it doesn't stick. I'm um, outside of Jimmy, um, but it, and even Jimmy, it doesn't stick. He just he's their guy. So when the when a bucket is needed, obviously he has to get the ball. But I I, I like I I think um, Teo and in, in Miami could be a really 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 good fit. Yeah, for me, I see his his ceiling as a bigger Mike Conley. Hmm. You know, Mike Conley, I mean, not as fast as Mike Conley, sure. a young Mike Conley, um, but just a guy that just takes care of the ball. He's going to play winning basketball. Winning he's not going to be a starter right. for a while. You know, I've always said, like, you know, there's certain guys that are really good, but the average fan or kid isn't appreciative of them. Like, you know, like Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley to me are guys that no kid is like, I'm trying to go out and be like Mike Conley. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not wearing, you know, talking about Mike Conley. <laughs> you know, you don't. But they're just rock solid and yeah. consistent for a long time. And so I think Maladone will, will be like that type of player. I don't know if you could fully consider him an engine, but – at the same time, I think that he'll play winning basketball, and he's just going to do a little bit of everything to, you know, to make your team better. He's not going to be the sexiest name. He's not going to, you know, it's not going to be not like no a John wild. Morant. Yeah, no wow, no real wow factor. Um, just going to rock solid, <laughs> safe. I mean, not not safe in a bad way. Just kind of value the basketball, take care of the ball. Like like you said, he's gonna play winning basketball. Yeah. Get 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 the ball where it's supposed to be. Who needs to get it? Um yeah, winning basketball. Yep, and, and that's that's what you want. And I mean I think Halliburton could be similar also as far as just kind of like playing the the winning basketball. But I think the difference is late in the game you can run a pick and roll with Maladon and you know that He's at least a threat to get downhill, and he does have some game inside the three-point line. Yeah. So and, I'd and, even and have to consider, and my next sport, 
take Canteo above Halliburton. Like he's he's man, he's he's gonna slide a lot for me just because. And the difference with them is simply like Tyrese Halliburton ability to to make shots in space. Obviously, that's a development component for Teo. Um, but um, on the flip side, on the defensive end of the floor, it's not even close. You, you're saying that Teo's a lot better than Halliburton? Oh, I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just being so. able to sit sit in a defensive stance and um, stay in front of stay in front of his guys. I mean, obviously, he has a six eight wingspan, six eight. So that that for the point guard position, that's more than enough length. Yep. Yep. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on for part two. We got one more. One more. Close it out with a bang. And the mentions, people asking for certain names. I don't know if they're gonna really if they're gonna really hear them from me, but I'm looking forward to 21 through 30. Yeah, because there's a couple guys, so I'm like, he ain't mentioned them yet. <laughs> Haven't mentioned them yet. I know it's two of them for sure. Yeah. Just don't move the needle for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely interested in, in um, seeing if their names are going to be mentioned 21 through 30. And if they're <laughs> not, then you got to do a second round. <laughs> you might mess around. I might have to do a, a dang two-way <laughs> two <-way> show. <laughs> like, hey, man. End of the day, man, like, shoot. Got to find value, and 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 in my mind, scoring will always be at the uh, at the premium, man. So, like I say, I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna keep saying, I'm always gonna take the bucket. Gotcha. Trump. Right. That's that's the Trump card. That's. I mean, you set the tone with that with the first pick with Obi Toppin. So, <laughs> the tone was set early. You know, it's kind of like. Um, I always when I used to coach kids, right? And uh, you know, for their first practice, I was like, look, whoever you are, you need to set the tone on the first practice. If you're a bad shot taker, you better take some bad shots. <laughs> you can't wait until the first game and take a shot because the coach is gonna take you out. So <laughs> you set the tone early with Obi Toppin, like look, offense, offense, offense. But man, I, once again, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, you got a lot of comments in the last video. I, I, last time I looked, it was like 77 comments. So I'm pretty sure people may want to follow you on Twitter, hear some more of your takes. Where can they, they find you at on, on Twitter? On Twitter, my handle is at Moneyball underscore AP. Um, at Moneyball underscore AP. Just if you ever seen the movie Moneyball, it's a baseball movie. Um, just About my Oakland A's. Yeah, finding hidden value. Um, that's one thing that I, I love finding sleepers. I love um, just identifying and, and just finding that unknown. Um, so I, I, I kind of approach it in that, same, in that same light with in regards to basketball. You know, it's, it's value everywhere. Obviously, everyone values different different items, but hey, it's more than one way to skin a cat. I prefer to skin mine offensively. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that one, <laughs> but yeah, man, 
I, I like I said, I appreciate you coming on. We'll definitely do part three in the very near future. This is Raphael with my guy Alex Pugh. This is part two of his his mock draft. I mean, we could have talked a long time. You know, I'm not I'm not at the level where I can do the Joe Rogan four hour podcast. So I'm trying to break this up into three. But you know what? Part of me feels like I could have did it in one long three hour podcast because you're entertaining enough that, you know, you're going to make people upset or people going to have something crazy to say about your takes that I think people would tune in. So, you know, we, we, we're going to do this more often, you know, it's the, you know, once we get finished with part three, you'll definitely see him on again. And, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. So again, it's Raphael and my guy, Alex, and we are out.